Hi friends, David Michael Phelps here. Today on Working Man, you get two for the price of one. Our guests on this episode are Daniel and Michael Vanderheide. Daniel and Michael are two of ten kids, and all six boys in their family followed in the footsteps of their dad and their granddad by working in the trades. Both Daniel and Michael have their own companies. Daniel's is in heating, cooling, and plumbing, and Michael's is in construction. And today on the show, we learn about how a good tradesman needs also to be a good educator, why endurance is crucial to the good life, and why going into business for yourself means you're actually going into business for others. We're going to do this conversation in two parts, and we'll turn to Michael after the break. But for right now, here's my talk with Daniel Vanderheide. My name's Daniel Vanderheide. I'm uh, the owner and uh, founder of Lake Michigan Mechanical. It's a plumbing, heating, cooling service company. Uh, we get into the contracting side of things as well. Our mission and what who we are is pretty faith-based, but at the end of the day, we're here to help customers, I think, in the most authentic way. Hmm. Obviously, we're, we're still operating a business. We still have to make money so we can support our family and hopefully support our community, you know, you know, I've been in the business, supporting the business. My dad was a plumber, a mechanical contractor. My grandpa was a plumber and a mechanical contractor. So it's in my blood. A ton of my brothers and uncles are, you know, in the trades and plumbing mechanical trades. So I've been blessed with being thrown by a wealth of knowledge um, and experience for that. You know, we just really want to authentically provide the plumbing, heating, cooling needs for our customers and the business side of things just kind of falls into place. Your, your grandpa, your dad, your, your brothers. I mean, it sounds like there's a sense in which this was, um, obviously natural fit for you. Was there ever a time where you thought, well, maybe this wouldn't, maybe I'll strike off and do something completely different from my family? Uh, I guess looking way back, you know, being in my teen years, I always wanted to be a builder, you know, I would work my hands and Want to be an engineer at one point, so I went to engineering school and I was in high school. So, you know, I like to draw and flank, frankly, right. Some of your kind of, you know, just some of the style it was neat to me. But, you know, so going through those years, that discovery process for me, by the time I actually graduated high school, I, you know, my dad kind of just threw me in the plumbing field and I just wanted to work at the end of the day. I did, I worked for a carpenter the year before that that really didn't stick for whatever reason and I started doing the plumbing side of things and really didn't have any second thoughts about it and just kept doing it and enjoyed it and you now starting the commercial side of things and started and went into the service and really exposed myself to a lot of parts of the business and working for my dad was really beneficial and yeah five years ago I made the jump it was just we get presented with opportunities and it's like okay I'm gonna I'm going to give this a shot. I think this is the right way to do. Really hard decision, but, you know, looking back on it now, it's like really evolved into something and you know, we've got a decent sized company here and I think we can keep growing. I think we can keep serving the community as long as we do the right thing for the customer, you know, and give it, give them the control, educate the customers as best we can. That's our approach and kind of everything that we do, you know, be a service, being a sales call for me, if I'm going for whatever service, I just, I want to walk away, giving that customer some education. It's not a decision they make every day. That's how I want to be treated. If I'm buying a new car, you know, I don't make buy a car every year, but I want to be able to do, you know, I, I want to be able to make a knowledgeable decision 
Um, so that's why I'm given the knowledge on the heating, you know, boilers, plumbing, heating, cooling side of things. In my position, I just want to share that, you know, so they can make a good decision. I'm not terribly pushy. I'm kind of terrible at sales, and that's the development side of things. But if just through education, it's more authentic for me, and then it just. I I I look at the mentality that says this is a type of a service and and part of that service is not simply here's this skill that I'm going to you know I'm going to disappear into your you know into your uh, house or your business or your basement or whatever and I'm going to come up later and everything will be fixed it sounds like you're proactively wanting to involve the decision maker educate them is there a is there a business reason for that is it just a natural thing to your personality what i see is the technician the company you know yeah they, they might be a great plumber they might be you know a great you know mechanical guy heating cooling guy whatever they are electrician you know carpenter whatever you want to call it but what are they doing to you know educate the customer and that's where i go back on education because when i just explain these things to the customer like okay this is so people can make an educated decision then they see the value if you can show them the value of you know what you're doing and how you're doing it, because it is so unseen, like we talked about. You know, you go into the closet and you, you think they think they just wave a magic wand and you know you just go there and hammer on the side of the furnace and oh that's all you did. So yeah, just educating the customer is where I think if somebody doesn't see the value, we miss something. We didn't show them the value of what we're doing and how we're doing it. What what I hear you say is that there's almost a there's almost a sense in which you know you're you're playing some sort of role almost as a counselor to people too. I mean you're not telling them what to do. You're you're educating them. You're advising them, right? You're putting not just your uh, skill at their service, but your your knowledge at their service. How is it then that how do you learn how to do that? I understand you may have learned it through trial and error, but now that it's become or it sounds to me like it's become more accepted normal practice. Are there concerted efforts to help people gain those sorts of soft skills, those sort of interpersonal skills, or is that just come about uh, through, say, mentoring of, of people who've done it before? Yeah, definitely mentoring it, having the right practices in place in a company, because some guys are of the opposite philosophy of me, and you know, just go in there, rip that motor out as quick as you can throw a new one in, you know, hand the bill to Ms. Smith and get off the next service call. You know, the, then they can squeeze seven service calls in in a, in a day versus five, and then they're making more money. Then Mrs. Smith, you know, Mrs. Jones, whatever, just feels ripped off and just coming in there, doing our thing, and yeah, oh my gosh, it's expensive. You want seven customers, six, seven customers saying, yeah, they're just expensive, but they got the job done. No, I want five customers to gloat about us. We want to do a good job. You know, we're here to serve the community properly, not and to educate them. You know, if there's if you're going in with that attitude, just get it fixed and get out again. There's so many possibilities that you're missing to the customer too. So many things like did you replace the capacitor? How old? How I mean, there's 20 other components in the furnace that make up the operation. Like we got to identify those things. We can't just or see that they're operating before we leave. We can't predict everything, but we can typically avoid a lot of things just by identifying, taking you know, five, 10 more minutes on a service call, 
with well-trained tech. But it does come back to your question. It does think the right mentoring, the right best practices. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of business guys just look at cost. So, you know, 10 more, another hour a week or something in education, team meetings is, is going to slow things down. But in the long run, if my customers are happy, I can do less and less advertising. In this five-year period, I've got more and more repeat customers. That is the best feeling in the world when it's like, yeah, this customer's been with four years or five years we've been servicing their house. They may not call or need us for two or three years and they call us back again. It's like, okay, wow, we really made an impression on them. They're not just, you know, it's so easy to just go on Google and you know, find the next guy in line. Um, so making that kind of impression on them, hopefully that they're going to call us back, that, that we did a good job and they felt, you know, secure and confident that we did the best we possibly could. So, so how do you as a, as a business owner sort of build that type of culture? Like, I mean, obviously recruiting is a part of that, building that culture, finding the right, yes. finding the right guys. What, what do you look for? Over the years, I just want a young guy that's hopefully ambitious, trying to, you know, that's not going to you know, jump ship after six months or after a week, but there's, you know, I haven't found the magic potion for that. I mean, just sitting down, I usually do a phone conversation with them if they, the resume looks halfway decent. If they have had a job um, going through high school, even if it's, you know, working at their parents' um, dog kennel or something, whatever it is, it's like, okay, they have their, you know, they're trying to do something with their time and trying to use things effectively. Somebody that wants to, wants to learn really do something that's eager and shows some desire for learning if they got some little bit of communication skills so tell me a little bit so you've been um you've been uh obviously has sort of a ringside seat to a lot of the harmel stuff right more so than probably most people how do you describe the need that the existence of a place like harmel is trying to address some authenticity in the workforce that's going to be cultivated it's, it's really got to be cultivated. Work is more than just the financial gain for me. For It seems like it's the opposite for a lot of people. But if you can make it more about your purpose and what you're doing and how it's serving your creator and like, okay, am I, am I going into work today and doing, am I serving my customer as best as possible? Um, and just trying to cultivate this idea that there is integrity in their work and that you know, we're doing this for more than a purpose than just a paycheck. I was kind of taught that indirectly, you know, be, being around my dad. It was, it was kind of natural, but how, I mean, guys that are, that are interested in it, they don't have the opportunity that I did. So being grown up and cultivated in this, like, okay, it's, it's more than just a paycheck. You know, let's take some integrity into our work. And you, I think people will find out how much more they are going to be able to grow, what kind of outcomes they're going to get if they just care a little bit, you know, just not, maybe not hundred percent, but just 10%, just put a little bit of your heart soul into it. I kind of give my technicians parameters in this respect, but when I'm looking at processes or something, um, one thing I really fear is dehumanizing. It just seems like, okay, yeah, we can hit these marks, but we got to do X, Y, and Z. You know, you got to be so systematic where 
okay, am I hiring a robot or am I hiring a human being that has a soul? Hmm. So I'm like, no, that process doesn't work for my company. I might be able to, to double it or, you know, hit the numbers you want, but like, no, that's not how we're, that's not what I'm here to do. Like I got away from that. I'm going to stay away from that, but yeah, just not taking the human out of it and not taking it. Don't dehumanize it by process. You know, you got, you got to have certain processes, but I think you should be able to give your guys liberties and some freedoms to, to do, to put their own style into it or, so if I'm a fella and I'm trying to find a deeper purpose in my work, what's the question I should be asking myself that's going to help me get the answer eventually? It's kind of a loaded question, but what, um, what are you passionate about? That's one. What drives you? You know, there's a lot of things that you can do. I mean, you can do anything you want. I mean, we're made in the image and likeness of God. Don't lower your standards, you know, just God, God, you know, life is a, it's, it's, it's a mountain. It's a ladder. You start at the bottom and you work your way up. You know, like I said, I was digging ditches that I mean, I still do once in a while. I don't, I'm not above it, but it's, and I, I just, sometimes I felt terrible because I, Literally had to stay in there with a shovel. Wasn't even allowed to, you know, operate the backhoe. You know, you know, a year went by and they started operating. You start growing a little bit, but you know, day after day, and a lot of guys, you know, lose sight after three months. But steady the course. You know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be uphill for a while, and it's gonna be difficult. But that's the beauty of life. Life is a process, but we gotta stay long enough to see the rewards. I see so many guys and so many resumes. You know, they work somewhere for three months or six months or a year and, you know, they do 12 different jobs in 12 different years. Where, like, where, what kind of effect are you making? Where's that purpose? You know, I, you know, I, I you know, like life changes, situation changes, but I just see so many resumes with that. I just, it's so disheartening to me that you, you, you got to put some roots down, you know, you, but you got to stick around. You got to be dedicated got to pray too you got it i remember praying diligently for that discernment when i was a teenager and you know i didn't think i was wanting to be a plumber but i just fell in place and stuck with it and you know got my master plumbing license master you know uh, plumbing contractor's license mechanical license boiler license so I mean, i've got a lot to be thankful for but it's like it's been 15 years it, you know it took me 15 years to get there it's not something that happens like this. So that's kind of, you know, stay the course, find something you're passionate about, but it's got to be useful to the community. It's got to bring value to somebody else outside of yourself. You know, if you, if you play a, a mean harmonica, you know, you better find out how to sell that music to people. Hey, quick interruption here. If you're looking for a place to be trained in a high-demand skilled trade while at the same time being formed in what the Catholic Church has to teach about living a full life, a life dedicated to God, then I hope you'll check out Harmel Academy of the Trades. Harmel Academy is a residential trade academy, and we are kicking off our first program this fall. As a member of the inaugural class, you will live, eat, work, pray, and study with a cohort of other Catholic men, and you'll learn how prayer and work go hand in glove in the pursuit of a life of wisdom, virtue, and holiness. 
We really think there's nothing quite like it, and we hope you'll check us out. We're now accepting applications for this fall, so pop over to harmelacademy.org to learn more. And now, back to our chat. So I'm Michael Vanderheide. I am a residential builder, primarily um, interior remodeling, um, a little bit of exterior work. I grew up in the plumbing and mechanical, um, uh, a plumbing mechanical family business. I am number seven of 10 children. I'm married. I've been married for nine years and I have five kids. So how did it happen that you went from uh, the the heating, cooling, mechanical towards construction? Are you the only one of uh, your brothers that have gone that way or? Uh... Yep. So all, all of us boys are six boys. All of us boys are in the trades. I'm the only one that's in the building side of the trades. It started back when I was, I actually still have piece of furniture I made. I was 14 years old. It was a, it was a, it was a coffee slash end table. I, I made it for my oldest brother-in-law who has actually since passed away. From that, my oldest um, sister and brother-in-law had rental properties. Um, so as I was growing up, I would fix things for, for Matt. Um, it was really through that, through that piece of furniture, through another uh bookshelf I built for my oldest brother, Mark, and his wife, Vanessa, for their wedding present, it kind of opened up a horizon for me of, I can do this. They weren't great pieces by any means. <laughs> um, but, and then for, for my, when I was 15, for my Christmas present from my parents, I actually got a 12-inch compound miter saw. There's not too many, you know, young teenage boys that are getting a, you know, large tool uh, you know, for a Christmas present. Um, and I actually remember tearing up and almost crying because I, I remember, I remember seeing them at, you know, at the, at the lumber yards and the box stores, you know, how expensive they were. And I, I couldn't believe like my dad spent like that much money on me. I really enjoy, I, I enjoy all the aspects of the construction industries. Um, and I get bored really easy by, by really, I don't want to call it jumping, but by going into the the building side, there's so many sub trades in any trade though i mean the trades inside themselves are huge but then if you you take a builder you, know, you could have you could be a builder but all you do is is masonry or all you do is roofing or you know all you do is you know interior trim work you know you have those guys that are just they're masters at their trade but that's i think that's what brought me you know not sticking you know in in the plumbing mechanical let me ask you this. I mean, obviously you, you would, I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming that you see your life in the trades as a call. Yeah, no, it, it definitely growing up. I thought I was going to be a priest my entire life. Like since I was like five or six years old, you know, father, Don Lama Savage, you know, serving daily mass for him. Like that's what my life was going to be. But, but still coming from a family business, we worked every day. Um, and it was just, there was, normal normalcy in that's just what you did you grew up and you and you worked for dad there was mm. there was no questions there was no like interview process it was just what was expected of you um you know and and through my my growing up and in discernment and, and getting older and realizing yeah it's you know priesthood definitely not a vocation you know that i'm being called to um i used to not tease my parents so when i got a couple of years ago i said to them i said you know mom and dad you know, you always prayed for a vocation, but I think you got all of us vocations just in the married life. 
you know, you, you set an example for us of what it meant to die to yourself every day to your spouse. Um, you know, and not that you can't, you know, not that you can't have, you know, religious vocations out of that, but just, um, I don't know. It, it was, it was an, un, it was almost like an unwritten, like not rule, but just an unwritten, this is the path we're going to go. But it, it wasn't until a few years later that I realized I, I kind of changed that and made it more personal to where, no, it's, it's the work that I'm doing, you know, to, to, to benefit other people. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's certain talents that different individuals have in finding, you know, finding where I was best suited um, and using, in using and growing those talents. The, the whole reason why I actually went into business. Um, I, so I, I didn't go into business for myself, uh, David, I actually went into business, you know, cause people always say, you know, I went into business for myself. I didn't go into business for myself. I w- actually went into business for others. I, I know that sounds really weird and, and almost over humilified, uh, you know, to put myself, you know, well, no, I didn't do it for myself. I did it for others, but really in my heart, um, I'm sure you're familiar with Simon Sinek. I'm, I think I'm pronouncing his, his name right. And the whole purpose of, and the whole like meaning behind start with why. Um, and I like to take it one step, you know, even not further, but deeper of, we don't do it for this world. We don't like, we don't do it. I don't work. I don't work for myself. I work for, you know, not only um, my family, but I also work for the guys that work for me and I work for the customers that we work for, you know, cause I'll have, I'll have, um, people, customers, colleagues say, man, it's, it's, you know, it must be so great. You know, you're 30 working for yourself, you know, you get to make your own out, you know, you get to, you're your own boss. And I always say, no, <laughs> I have a lot of bosses. The people that write the checks for the works that we do, they're my boss. You know, I, I have to answer to them. I think for, for some people to not be able to clearly see their why is because they haven't had enough of looking inside themselves time. And I, you can't really fault them for that, especially, you know, especially the last, the last generation. Noise getting turned on all the time, 24-7 noise and not really able to get back. Um, you know, something, so something that I see when I started with my, when I started with my dad, I was in homes quite, quite regularly once I was about 19, but I, the jobs that I did, you know, residentially, a lot of the older folks had tool benches in their basement or in their garage, you know, an eight foot, you know, workbench had, you know, maybe a, a um, vice on it and, you know, there was different tools. So the husband, you know, could take care of the, sim- the simpler things right on the house. You know, there was, you know, paint cans and paint brushes and all that stuff. Well, now, I'm in, you know, I'm in homes every day, um, just about, and the, the people that are my age and maybe, you know, 10 to 15 years older, they don't have that. Most of them don't, you know, they don't even have just a basic like screwdriver set. And <laughs> it kind of puts a smile on my face when I see that, because I look at it as well, there's guarantee work. <laughs> you know, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that because of the different professions that they've chosen. It's just, there is no like emphasis on taking care of something for yourself. That, that's the other part of, you know, of my whole shaping and getting into the construction side was I always had this can do spirit, even if I had no business doing what I was doing, 
Um, but I was going to figure it out. Come hell or high water, I was going to figure it out. And through others, especially my brother-in-law, Matt, not giving up on me, just giving me that opportunity and my dad. I have to, you know, I actually had that conversation with my dad a few years ago, about two years after you know, I went into business. I said, you know, why, why is it that I'm the only brother that didn't specialize? So all of my brothers, they, they went into the trade that they went to be it plumbing or, or HVAC. My youngest brother is actually a sheet metal fabricator you know, for HVAC, the duct work for it. So he's on the manufacturing side, um, but he's still, you know, in the trades. Um, I said, why was I the only one that, like, I didn't stick in one trade for more than like three years? Um, you know, and, and you asked me to do all these different things. And I, I said, I always did them. Like, why? You know, why, why was I allotted those opportunities that I felt like my other brothers weren't? It's not that my other brothers weren't or even other other guys in the company weren't allotted. It's just when my dad asked, I always said yes. I guess if you, let's say you had a young man come to you and say, "Hey, I'd like to I'd like to find a way to have a meaningful life of work." Uh, in your opinion, what's step one for that young guy? What does he What does he have to do or think to find that meaningful work? Always come willing to learn. Number yeah, that's that's definitely number one. You have to come every day willing and wanting to grow. And, and it's, it's almost like an unwritten rule here, David, that if you don't care, like if you don't care about yourself, first and foremost, and your own well-being, you won't last long here. Because if you don't care about yourself, you don't, you don't care about others then. You don't, you don't care about helping out the next guy or, or making sure when you leave the customer's house, you swept up as good as you could, or you vacuumed as well as you could. You know, there, there was there's that saying out there: if you if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I find that saying kind of hard. There's some truths missing from it. I don't like everything I do every day. I don't like having to take, you know, phone calls from a customer that I didn't get back to. You know, I don't like reprimanding a, an employee, you know, though, yeah, that, those are the parts that, that I don't like, but I, I hope that I'll, I'll never, I'll never get too prideful that I can't show up on a job, pick up the broom or pick up the, you know, the waste basket and pick up the scraps and put them in because it, it really starts, you know, it starts at the beginning there. Hey, thanks everyone for listening to Working Man. We're getting closer to our inaugural class here at Harmel Academy of the Trades. It's just on the other side of summer. So we remain hard at work preparing for that, but you can help us launch strong this fall by sharing our work with others, potential students, potential partners, or anyone you know who may be interested in helping us train the next generation of Catholic tradesmen. You can find us at harmelacademy.org or on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And we've got some exciting news coming up very soon, so please be sure to stay tuned. In the meantime, thanks again for listening to Working Men.